We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, here we go. Sunday night, Knicks. Knicks lose a tough one in the Mile High City, 111-105. CP from Knicks Fan TV, my man Alex Wolf returns. Al, I I thought you were coming back for a W, man. It it was a valiant effort. Knicks down by 16 coming into the second half. Uh, A defensive effort. Uh, uh, effort that was phenomenal. You know, the, the best of its season. The, the, the Knicks just could not pull this one out, man. 111-105. What, what'd you see out there tonight, man? Yeah, I mean, they certainly never quit. You know, there was, uh, there are times this season where, you know, even in the, the last Nuggets game where if the Knicks had gotten down by by 20 points, you just assumed they were cooked, Facts. you know, and, and that's just not the case anymore. I don't know. This is, you know, there's been multiple games now, the last two games in particular, where they've gone down big and they've come back. And, you know, this one, they took the lead late in the game and just ultimately couldn't put it away. Uh, but I thought they showed great fight, you know, and, and good adjustments. Uh, they came out, you know, looking like they were wearing cement shoes in the first half, especially on defense. You know, it just seemed like everybody was a step slow. And, you know, Denver was running them off the floor. Um, the fast breaks were absolutely killing the Knicks, you know, and then uh, towards the end of the game there, you know, and really for the whole second half, it helped that Marcus Morris kind of exploded in the third to kind of bring right. it back within punching distance. And then, you know, they were getting stops. They were playing the passing lanes well. Uh, I just thought they made a lot of uh, crucial little adjustments that, that made things work for them. And, you know, I think that's a credit to Mike Miller. You know, it's it's obvious that he's – having an impact he's making timely timeouts um i think his rotations make enough sense um you can maybe argue tonight that down the stretch things kind of fell apart a little bit when uh frank and taj got subbed out yeah you know and he didn't make the end game adjustment there with a couple minutes left to try to preserve the game but i think that he just went with who he thought should have been the closers and like there was no debating that like alfred payton had a good night Mitch had a pretty good second half. You know, I, I didn't have a huge problem with him sticking with those guys and being like, all right, you know, 
let's see if they can do it. But all in all, good. I mean, it was uh, very encouraging all around. You know, I don't think there's other than the the Portland game and even that one, there was, you know, silver linings to be found. Yeah. I don't think there's been a single game in the Miller era that I haven't walked away being like win or loss. Okay. That, you know, this was, this is a good game. It's, it's good sides, man. This coach is doing his homework out there. He's very prepared. I'm very curious to see what's on that notepad that he's got walking, (laughs) coming out of the timeouts with. But, um, listen, I thought, you know, once again, the third quarter effort, it was Marcus Morris, man, 16 points in that quarter. Uh, he hadn't had much going in the first half. The defense was phenomenal. Frank found his, he drank his confidence uh, vitamins, his confidence juice tonight. You know what I mean? That, that boy yeah. Frank found his nuts tonight. He was, he was all over it on the defensive end. Alfred Payton, 10 points, 10 dimes. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought the guards were solid, man. I think the turning point of the game was the fact that, you know, the Knicks had a five-point lead. And with three minutes to go, the Nuggets were able to cut that down. I think Jokic hit a three to put them up two. And from that point, we just, we could not buy a basket, man. We could not get a basket between, you know, I thought that, give credit to the Nuggets. They they played good defense. Um, They took Morris out of the game. And, you know, we had a lineup out there with Peyton, RJ, Morris, Mitch, and Randall, and we just we just couldn't score. We we could not score to to get back in this game, and and you know just having that lack of a go to guy. Even though Morris has kind of been that guy, you know once they went away from him, it, it was either Julius or bust, basically. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, you know, and and it was a bust. <laughs> yeah, bust. Uh, I mean, he uh, Randall still is a work in progress to me. I think. Um, I think his shot selection is getting better, yeah. but I don't think it's perfect yet. Like mm-hmm. on a night like tonight, I felt like he should have abandoned the three a lot earlier than he did uh, just because he's very streaky. You know, it's either going in or it's not. Mm-hmm. And tonight it, it was not. And he put up, what was it? One six for six. Attempts? Yeah. One, one for, for six, six, I think. Yeah. And and his first made three was his first basket of the game and the Knicks first basket of the game, if I remember correctly. So, yes. You know, it was it just wasn't his night from three. He wasn't abandoning the net. Um, he even some of his takes that went in, you know, he made the shot that put the Knicks ahead late in the game. And and I even tweeted from PNT about that. I was like, you know, you want to get on him because this was kind of a bad shot, but it went in and it just gave the Knicks the lead. So it's kind of hard to hate on it. But, you know, he he took it was going right and then went up with his left hand for a jumper. And it was it was just kind of a mess of a shot. Yeah. And, I think he's still unlearning some tendencies from Fisdale um, and, and unlearning some of the, the unnecessarily large role that Fisdale signed him. Uh, but, you know, it, even from him, I, I think we're seeing some good stuff. Yeah, I, I think we are seeing some improvements. You know, I, I saw people in the chat were really trashing them. And, and uh, listen, there was some certainly some moments in the fourth. I was just like, slow down, slow down. There was that one possession where it seemed like he had it for an eternity. And, and he was just stumbling and bumbling, and ultimately he got fouled. But sometimes, you know, when you look, conversely, you look at RJ, who just doesn't have it going, you know, from the field. It's kind of like you got to live and die with Randall out there right now if if you're not going Mars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. It, sometimes it feels that way, you know. Like, it would certainly help. I, I may as well just get this out of the way early because I'm gonna I'm gonna complain about this at some point during this show. Mm-hmm. It, it would really help if RJ Barrett would get foul calls. Like, oh man, I, I cannot believe the amount of times he gets mugged man. on a daily basis anymore and doesn't get a foul call. Tonight, I mean, he got he got practically clotheslined by I think it was Plumlee and yeah. uh, Jeremy Grant yeah. on his one. It was drive. scary and, fall too, man. 
Yeah, bad fall and, and you know, doesn't get a call. He had one earlier in the game where he, he missed his – I think it was a reverse and uh, he got his own rebound. Jokic hacked him and he didn't get a call there. I mean, it, I think that RJ is closer than we think to being a guy that you can count on late in games for his ability to draw fouls. True. But he can't draw the fouls if they're not called. You know what I mean? So I, I think that the days of living and dying by Randall and Morris hopefully will be numbered once RJ can, I guess – get the clout necessary in the end, you know, NBA refereeing circles to actually get foul calls. Because, no love. Yeah. He's, he's generating good looks, you know, getting to the inside and stuff. And, and, you know, that's, that's been what he's had to lean on lately because his shot, you know, from mid range and from three has been kind of struggling lately. Yeah. So he's had to really rely on his ability to get inside and he's been doing that, but he's getting just hack city every time he's in there. I, I don't know if he just has to flop more or, What's gonna play better with the refs? But yeah, something something's got to change there. Cause no love from from RJ from the zebras, man. I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't, especially on that dunk attempt. I couldn't take it. Uh, you you mentioned Frank and Taj before. It seems like the two of them have these good games like in tandem. You ever notice that? Like when when one has it going, the other one typically has it going on a particular night. You see a lot of pick and rolls being ran. Um, um, with with Frank and Taj, I like how Taj was really aggressive in the third quarter. Just defensively, him and Plumlee were going at it. You know, him and Jokic had had a couple moments there. Um, definitely like what they gave us. I thought Kev. I like the action that Miller was running from Kev early in the game. I think trying to get him involved early, running him off of some screens, uh, getting him some high percentage shots in the paint. I, I like Kev's action out there early tonight as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought Knox was great. Uh, his, I think it was his first, maybe his first play of the game after he got in. At least I think it was his first offensive play. He got the ball, uh, you know, up at the top, and he took uh, forget who it was off the dribble, but he took it was a four. And, you know, he was playing against a a power forward and took him right off the dribble. It might, was it Plumley? I think they had Plumley and Jokic out there at the mm-hmm. same time at that time, and uh, took Plumley off the dribble and you know just slammed it home because he's just he's that much quicker than a power forward or in that case a center they were kind of running the two center lineup but either way like it was it was a good play by him and you know it kind of set the tone for his night um you know he was i think playing well he was about as engaged as you can ever hope to see him hey, on the defensive that's it. end that's it um and you know if if he could do that and then be effective on offense you know like he was tonight then he can generally be a positive player uh, i don't think that he's a a guy that you know necessarily is is gonna be a a superstar or anything but i think that there you know are ways to make him a plus player in it and it starts with getting him in situations to succeed on offense because that's where he's going to give you you know his actual value yeah and and that was a good job by mike miller trying to get him involved early uh my guy sean shepherd had hit me up on the gram and he's saying you know uh fizz really wasn't doing that earlier this season uh like he was last in, in trying to you know, get Kev's contributions out there early. Just get him engaged, right? They always talk about his motor and and trying to get him involved in the game early. And I, I like what Mike Miller did to try to kind of get his spirits up and, and get him engaged. Uh, another DMP for DSJ tonight. Just two mm-hmm. nights in a row. I don't mind it. Well, what about you? I, I don't mind it at all. I think we need to keep keep the point guard rotation to the two. Why would we care? Yeah. At this point, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, I, I hate to say it because I'm a DSJ guy. Like going, you know, all the way back to the the draft initially. You know, I, I liked DSJ, um, and you know, I, I had high hopes for him coming into this year, but he hasn't earned his playing time. I mean, period. You know, you can't. I, I like that Miller is trying to establish a rotation and not just kind of throw everybody out there any given mm-hmm. night. Like tonight, he played ten guys, and that's that's a rotation. That's what you're supposed to do. And 
you know, it, it, to varying degrees of minutes and stuff, but everybody played, you know, decent minutes and, you know, Dotson, you can maybe argue could have played a little more. He only played uh, seven minutes, but yeah, he was a minus 15. <laughs> you know, I guess there's right. something that Miller was seeing out there that he wasn't liking out of Dotson. Um, but, you know, other than that, like, you know, I, I can't see playing Dennis Smith just for the sake of playing Dennis Smith. Right. I now. agree. I, He's not worth the time right now. Get him those development reps, I guess, in practice. You know, get him what he needs there. I, I said maybe, put him in the G League, man. Or put him in the G put League. Put him in the yeah, G League. Hey, you know what? I, I, this is a whole thing. I had a I had a whole rant about this. It, be, the first time that DSJ was playing like crap, um, before he kind of had that mini resurgence that started during the Dallas game and mm-hmm, all that, mm-hmm. um, I had a little mini rant on Locked on Knicks about this, about how – the stigmas around the G league need to start going away because it, it shouldn't be looked at as like a punishment right. or something to degrade players. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a bad thing. I, and I do think that DSJ could benefit from it um, because he just needs somewhere to get his confidence back somewhere to, you know, run some actions and, you know, just rediscover himself. I don't yeah. know. Like he needs, cause he's, when he's out there, he just doesn't look comfortable in his own skin half the time. Um, and it sucks because, He's normally a very explosive player. I mean, we saw last year when he first came to the Knicks, he's he's extremely quick getting to the rim. Yeah, you know, has these great moves under the rim to contort his body and get layups up and stuff. And yeah, eventually I, I want to see him back, but you know, there's no point wasting actual game minutes no on point. him when the Knicks have looked kind of competitive. True. Lately, you know? True. It's like if it was a blowout tonight, I'm sure Smith would have gotten a couple minutes. But yeah. you know, it, it wasn't. They turned it around and it's like, well, why would why would we put Dennis Smith in there now? He's not going to help us continue this turnaround he's going to probably hammer a couple points away and facts. can't really afford that in a close game so. facts man absolutely man salute to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys cp and my man alex wolf in the building let's go to the phones out danny from washington heights what's going on danny hey yo i'm in a good i'm in a good mood tonight cp how, how you feeling? Are you in a good mood? We lost, man. Are you, 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 you're in the moral victories nah, nah, uh, crew gonna, today. It's a, it, listen, man, it's just like you just said. It's a moral victory. Let me tell you why. My man, Frank Nitty, Frank Nigalina, yo, 13 <laughs> points on four for six, on four steals, on five assists, man. This is what I wanted him to be the whole time. I don't care. Mike Miller, it looks like Mike Miller is figuring out what to do with the young players. He's using Taj Gibson well. He's been using Randall a lot better than Fizdale's been using. The defensive rotations look a lot better. The team is more cohesive. We're not getting blown out by 40 anymore, which is doing the thing we usually did before, which is losing in the fourth quarter again. Man, life is good right now. I don't care. I don't care. He can lose every game like this. <laughs> quality <laughs> loss. Daddy's going for the quality loss. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, we, we talked about Frank um, yesterday. I was on a Twitter conversation with Frank. Somebody's like, what's going on with Frank? I, you know, we, we know the story with Frank Al. He just, he, he's got to take those confidence vitamins, man. If he's not taking mm-hmm. it, he's got to bring it every night, man. And the story. Even, yeah. I don't even necessarily know that it's a hundred percent confidence. Like some nights he just doesn't have it. You know what I yeah. mean? It, but yeah, there's certainly nights where he, he looks like he didn't take his confidence vitamins. Like he didn't have the Michael secret stuff in Fact. Space Jam or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, some nights he comes out and he just comes out blazing, you know, and, and we saw that, I think, in the last game as well. Um, and the shot just wasn't falling as much last game. Right. But he came out aggressive. And, you know, I, I think that Miller told him to do that. And, you know, it's just I feel like it's something where you're going to constantly have to, like, be hitting him with the cattle prodder his whole career. And yeah. be Like, hey, hey, 
Frank, like, turn up. Come on, let's turn, turn up. up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Like, you could do this, man. Like yeah. you, you actually have these abilities. Um, but tonight he was he was on and, and he was shooting well too. I mean, so it's, it was like the total package. He was showing confidence. He was shooting well, and that started opening up other parts of the game for him. He had maybe one of my favorite. Uh, Low key, one of my favorite Nick passes of the season. Oh uh, man, that was beautiful! This beautiful gorgeous pass. wrap around, beautiful pass. pass. Yeah, around two defenders into Taj Gibson mm-hmm. streaking for a dunk behind Jokic. I mean, yeah, there was no shot that uh, Frank's defender Jokic had any chance at that ball because it was just like took this perfect, beautiful path under both their hands. That, that was a beautiful right pass, man. I really thought we were gonna have that game, man. I really thought we were gonna have that game. Uh, Frank finished with 13 points, uh, four times four steals, four steals for Frank. I, I had a nice rip on uh, Jamal Murray and then took it in for a dunk. So, so that was good to see. Uh, two for four from downtown. So, um, good, good stuff from Frank there. Let's go to uh, Val from Jersey's up. Val, how you feeling tonight, man? Good. How are you guys? Good, man. You sound like sound. What are you on the way home? You sound like you uh, you in the tunnel or something, man. Oh no, no, no. Hold on. I'll get off the blue. Yeah, please. Yeah. All right. Good. Yes, yes. Um, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and I think everybody's been blaming Frank, but PSJ has to go. Hello. Pretty sure Hello? Yeah, it was straight to the point. <laughs> get, get him, man. Yes, Finish your point, go. man. I feel like we. Oh yeah, I feel like we could get a mid first rounder for him. I just feel like nah. his body language. He pouts when he comes out of games. He just seems negative. I just don't like his face. It's just. I, I think we got to get rid of that kid. It's just look how beautiful we look with Alfred Payton and Frank learning from Alfred Payton. DSJ offers nothing once he can't score. And I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's t- it, he's not ours. He's Dallas's problem. I feel like we're not loyal to him. We're not obligated to him. We should at least try to preserve him and trade him for a mid-first rounder just to get him out of there. He's not. All right. I don't, All right. Val's, uh, Val's wheeling and dealing on the trade machine there, Al. Yeah. I don't know how many's uh, getting through for that first rounder. but Yeah, you're not getting a mid-first rounder for Dennis Smith right <laughs> nah. now. I mean, that's exactly why it doesn't make sense to get rid of him right now. Because yeah. his trade value is in the basement. Couldn't you know, get any probably, lower. It's basically you're in the same position with DSJ now as we were with Frank around this time last year. Where, you know, you remember the Knicks price for Frank allegedly was they were saying that they would trade him for uh, early second rounder potentially, you know, and and they would consider that good value for him. I think you'd be lucky to get what projects to be an early second rounder for DSJ right now, just because he's he's looked really bad. I mean, I hate to I hate to trash him and pile on and all, because like I said, I do like him and I do kind of have hopes that he can turn himself around at some point, at least become a good you know spark plug bench guard. But uh, you know he's. <laughs> He's not worth a mid-first rounder right now. He's not worth his draft position no. by any stretch of the imagination. You'd be lucky if you could get a couple of future second-round picks from right now. Think something like Billy Hernan Gomez, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got two future seconds out of Charlotte who projected at the time to still be a playoff team for a couple of years. No, nah, um, we're, not, we're not getting that for DSJ, man. Yeah, that's that's about the best chance you can hope for DSJ. So I say hold on to him, try to figure him out. Um you know, worst case scenario, you hold on to him for another year. He's on a rookie deal, so he's not making that much money. Right, it's not hurting. And, the, and yeah, and it's not like the Knicks have anything that there's no big free agents this coming summer mm-hmm. that the Knicks should be going after. 
because uh, Anthony Davis is for sure going to stay in Los Angeles, Los Angeles yeah. now. So who cares about the free agents this year? You know, just keep him. And uh, as as our former coach might say, you just try to get him right. You know, that's what you got to do with DSJ at this point. Try just, to get him right. Right. Write it out. There's no point in trying to get rid of him at this point. It's because it's it's like uh, it's like selling a stock at its lowest possible point. Yeah. You know, you get the worst the worst amount of return for something that you could be getting, you know, a potentially better return for down the line. So, or yeah. even during the off season when like, if you want to hold on to him and trade him, like just don't trade him by this trade deadline, trade him during the off season when everybody forgets about what this season, was. <laughs> yeah, facts, and you could sell them facts. on, Hey, this is former number nine. <laughs> hey, he's got potential. Yeah, he's got potential. You know what I mean? Sell him on the potential. Don't sell. Set, don't the let them have any man. film, you know, let them, Oof. let them think about that rework jump shot. Uh, oh man. I'm telling you, it's all bad right now, man. All bad. Uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. If you guys are new in the chat right now, leave us a hashtag. Nope. So we can shout you guys out. I want to definitely shout out um, Greenhouse in the building. He's, he's from Brick City, Newark. Marvin Smith in here. Carlos Martinez checking in from Perth, Australia. We got Dan Wynn. We got O-Dog, Apple fanboy checking in. He's um, I know he's watching the, that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game right now. Uh, he's he's uh, he's from Buffalo, so salute to Apple fanboy. And uh, yeah, man, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel uh, if you guys are new. And uh, next person up, let's go to Rochester. Nate, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Uh, it was a good game tonight, I think. Uh, I don't know. A lot of uh, talk about Frank. Um, it was weird because I feel like it was just like a random slump. Like, every player had slumps, but we made a lot more of it with Frank. And it's just like, when you shoot as many jumps as Frank does, because he doesn't really get to the rim that much, you're naturally going to have like a high variance on like if you have a good game or not. So until Frank gets to the rim, you're going to see that inconsistency. And like right now, we just got to kind of live with it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, That's. I mean, he kind of lives and breathes that. So yeah, uh, elbow jumper there. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah. And uh, something I want to talk about. Uh, Mitch has been fouling less, which I think is a that's a good thing. But have you noticed how he's kind of like hesitant to like kind of contest players? Like he, there's a lot of shots, like, uh, specifically in like the first and second, where he would just kind of yeah. let guys go to the rim because he was afraid to foul. And I, I'm not sure if that's a good development or not. And like he hasn't blocked a three pointer forever, which is kind of weird. Like that was what he yeah. was like really good at. But and I appreciate that he's trying to develop, but I feel like he's kind of swung too far in one direction over the other. Does that make sense? So he's got to mm-hmm. kind of find like the happy medium there. No, well, I noticed that same thing. To yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, last four games, I think he's he's been pretty solid. Um, this game, I did notice what, what Nate had noticed. Like, the first and second quarter, he was kind of – he just wasn't really aggressive. Uh, we, we didn't have that rim protection. He looked like he was he was scared to be aggressive and, and didn't want to pick up those early fouls. Um, later in the game, you know, I had a couple – costly uh mistakes you know but it's Jokic obviously you know Jokic is a, is a tough guard for anybody yeah so. but you know what's unfortunate about that is that yeah. the 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 pivotal foul call was terrible that that Jokic you know got was not really foul yeah. Jokic was throwing his elbow into Mitch's mm-hmm. you know he was throwing his elbow into Mitch's arm straight up and then Mitch got called for a foul for it and it's like well what more do you want the kid to do at that point you know right. like that, that wasn't a foul like I, I don't think that was a foul it was, you know, it sucks because that's the type of stuff that Mitch is afraid of, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see him being a little more lax in some of his minutes. But, like, 
what's good about Mitch is that even if he's only operating at like 50% on the defensive end, his offense has been so efficient and nasty lately, like in pick and roll, particularly with Alfred Payton off the bench that even if Mitch is operating at, you know, 50% on defense to try to preserve himself and his foul total, he's still, I think, uh, you know, overall a positive, even if he's not quite as overwhelmingly a positive as he is when he's, you know, going full tilt on defense. So I, it's going to be a give and take. He's still young though, but like I, I would much rather see what we saw tonight with him being a little tentative to preserve himself for late mm-hmm. in the game than see him go out there and be overzealous just, just be and yeah. get just himself be in foul trouble in the first five seconds. You know what I mean? So it, it's yeah. it's a give and take, but I, I think we're trending in the right direction. I think so, and I, and I like him under under this new direction with Mike Miller. Obviously, Peyton has a, has been a big factor in in getting Mitch unleashed and getting him some easy buckets. Uh, Peyton being able to uh, get that dribble penetration going and, and just 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 makes things a lot easier for everybody, including Mitch. So we got to remember, Mitch is still a project, man. He's he's got a ways to go. I know Nate was saying he hasn't seen him block three pointers. Hey, it's not that easy, man. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. We got so spoiled seeing him do it last year with ease, but it's not an easy thing. So. Yeah, it's a hard play. Yeah, it's a hard. I mean, Mitch makes it look easy, and Mitch will gobble a guy up. But you know, it's it's smart though because Mitch has gotten called. You know, I, I think guys have maybe learned a little bit on their timing with him to kind of fake him out just a tiny bit before right. they start going up for the shot. Because right. he got he got caught, you know, a couple times trying to block threes with. I think he might have gotten a landing zone foul once or twice. Mm-hmm. And he definitely caught arm once or twice as well. So I, I think guys just started adjusting their timing around him a little bit. So that that might actually be Mitch getting smarter too. You know, true. not going to those quite as much. True indeed. True indeed, man. I want to salute everybody in the chat. We got 500 people watching so far on uh, Knicks Fan TV YouTube. Salute to everybody watching on the Nick of Time show. Uh, Jay Ellis is, is recording his podcast with his, his guy. So usual Sundays, he, he's not here. Um, I want to shout out Ohiniba Afri. He says hashtag new. Salute to him. No, we know in the chat what's going on. No, we know. Um, who else we got in here? Hashtag new. Salute to everybody, man. Kevin Tucker, what's going on? Oh, they said Cole Anthony tore his ACL out. Yikes. Damn. That's. I mean, if the Knicks keep uh, keep up winning, kind of, you know, and that drops him in the draft. Uh, yeah. Hey. Maybe, maybe right. that's a thing for the Knicks. Uh, yeah. not, to, not to turn that into anything, but. It sucks for him, man. All the best for Cole tough, Anthony. Tough, so. tough, tough loss for Cole Anthony. Uh, let's shout out Charlie Donato. He's team hashtag new. What's going on, Charlie? Salute to James Swain. How you feeling? And uh, Will from LI is in the building. What's going on, Will? Okay. Next call is Will from LI. Will, what's going on, man? Perfect timing, bro. Hey, what? <laughs> right on cue. Hey, what's going on, the CP and Alex? How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. Good, good, good. So, man, I'm going to keep it brief, man. Let me tell you just how much I appreciate the dedication. Because uh, uh, my fa- let me keep, give you guys a brief story. My family was just like, hey, you know, we're going on a family cruise to Mexico. You want to come? I was like, all right, let me check my schedule. And what I really meant was let me check the next schedule. I was like, all right, we got two games. Uh, Nothing crazy is going to happen in those two games. I should be fine. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. So, boom, I'm on the cruise having a great time, but there's no internet connection. I finally get to Mexico, and then the bombshell just happened. That was Fisdale. Fine. I'm like, still? Yeah, it just blows up. And I was like, oh, my God. So, basically, half of my day in Mexico is me on Twitter and YouTube and just downloading your content and just watching it on the cruise. It's just great stuff. But either way, I'm happy that the move happened because I just don't know if I could have taken a whole more future of this. 
Um, but now we just got to talk about the elephant in the room, right? So Mike Miller, the way he's been having these cats moving, I like it. I like the, I like the spacing. I like how he gives it to the hot man, which was uh, Morris today, and he's using the guys properly. And I'm seeing a little bit more development from Knox and RJ. Well, not RJ not too much, but uh, as well as uh, Mitch. But I keep hearing that if the Knicks go keep spiraling, that they're going to try to get a head coach midseason. I'm just like, wouldn't that defeat the whole purpose if we are going to completely change the front office? Don't you want them to choose who the uh, you know who that uh, coach would be to get alignment and everything? So that's one issue. I mean, and then another one is like, I mean, listen, I don't wish bad upon no players, but did you guys see what happened to Luca? He's going to be out for I a did. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I mean. We are, we are getting the draft pick this year. So that <laughs> it's only good. a sprained ankle. It's I'm only a sprained ankle, egg, Will. Egg, you know, I, I know, I know, but I look, that, that looked pretty nasty. I don't know. Maybe you want to, you know, put some extra caution. Oh, I don't my know. God. And then the last thing is, like, <laughs> if we were to get Masai, they said it would cost us two first-round picks? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to just leave you guys on that. Okay. All that stuff going on. I appreciate the dedication. I watch everything. Love the show. The return going, of Will from L.I., man. Comes back from the cruise and gets right back into it. Hope you had a good time, man. Um, you know, the the the, in, the, in, the interim coach, in-season coaching hire, Al, just made no sense to me. I, I've never even thought of that. That just sounds ridiculous. I did see the, the report from Shams, but I just couldn't give it any credibility. What do you think when you heard yeah, that? What, yeah, I, I think it's crap. I don't know. It's garbage. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who gave that info out. It might have literally been... I think it could have been Mills and Perry themselves. I don't know, to plant the seed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Something like, big's happening. Something big. Yeah, like... Trying to like you know preserve their jobs to be like well you know if things don't go well with Mike Miller then then you know he's out you know I I don't know I don't know what the what their thought is there but uh it's I I think it's bogus I yeah. don't think I don't think they're gonna do that I, they'd be so foolish to do it It'd be why foolish. would they do that why yeah. would they you know why would you bring a new coach in halfway through the season there's absolutely no reason to you know Facts. what I mean it's just roll with Mike Miller. The team already sucks. What's the worst you could do? They were four and was it four and twenty when Fizdale got gone, or four and eighteen? About that. But it was four and eighteen, right? Because yeah, because they ended up four and twenty after the Portland game. So because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was four twenty, four twenty, Blazers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, Facts. But yeah, so they were four and eighteen. I mean, how much worse can you get than that? You know, they're already showing progress now. Yeah. I, you know, I think as long as they keep staying competitive, how on earth are you gonna, you know, get rid of Mike Miller and try to bring in freaking, God forbid, Mark Jackson or you know, even Jeff Van Gundy, you know, who would probably play well with you know the media and the fans and whatever. I mean, it's just it's stupid. For it's for never- a rebuilding team, it would be absolutely ridiculous. I could see if it was a team that was like you know some sort of super team, dream team that had high aspirations. Even then, it would be you know kind of risky. It would be unprecedented. Yeah, it would be it's still be unprecedented. unprecedented. I I just don't see the point. I I you know obviously we're in a honeymoon phase with Mike Miller right now, right? So mm-hmm. far, we like the adjustments. The after timeouts have been a tremendous tremendous uh, upgrade from Fizz. He's kept it simple. You know, he's kept it simple on the defensive end, especially, you know, with all the switching. And, you know, sometimes Fizz would go switch into zone to this to that all in one possession sometimes. You know, Mike Miller has kind of kept it simple, you know, 
get, let these guys get some time to gain some chemistry. Sometimes when you try to make things too complicated, it involves a lot more communication. And if you don't have everybody on the same page, everybody who has a high IQ, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, you know, I, I just, I think that he's, he's shown enough to, to certainly justify his existence already, you know, like to justify keeping him the whole rest of the season. Cause if he does nothing else, but keep getting little bits of improvement here and there from, you know, Nilakina and Knox and Barrett and Robinson, you know, and even DSJ, maybe somewhere later down the season, even, you know, he's, he's even extracting the most out of Morris and Randall and mm -hmm. Peyton and all these guys that you could potentially trade at the deadline or something, you know, he's, if for nothing else, he's, he's doing all that. And that's, that's really all you can ask for. And yeah, right. he's instilling something, you know, he's putting forth an offensive system. It seems like he's running plays, which is good, which is a good influence on the young kids. So even if at the end of the season, you decide to go with a different coach. Now these kids have at least been running regular plays rather than what right. Fisdale was doing, which was essentially just figuring out ball. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, on defense, they're starting to establish a little bit of an identity as well. And, and they're, they're not just doing that, weird hybrid zone thing all the time right you know regardless of opponent they're actually like throwing different looks out there on defense and mm -hmm. you know they're making smart plays and you're even starting to see guys like knox who was kind of a defensive liability for the first whatever year and a quarter of his career start to make some plays and show a little bit of progress you know on the defensive end and it's encouraging there's a lot of encouraging things with miller like to to Unless the Knicks literally go on like a 30-game losing streak or something, there's absolutely no reason to get rid of Mac Miller. And no reason. It would be foolish to. And even if you did get rid of him, it would be foolish to hire an outside hire. Then just make Caleb Canales your head coach. You know right. what I mean? Like right. if, if you're going to go do a second interim coach, don't hire a full-time outside hire in the middle of the season. That's just the makes no thing I've ever heard of. It makes yeah. no sense. I think they need to consider that this new coach, whether it's Mike Miller or not, they need somebody that's going to have the patience and that's going to grow with this team. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, no doubt. Uh, and he just seems, obviously, coming from the Westchester um, stint that he had, you never know. You never know. Give this guy the full rest of the season, evaluate. Well, we'll see which regime is going to evaluate him. But I think he deserves he deserves uh, equal consideration to to whoever I, I, else they, they're considering. I totally agree, and I think that you could reasonably argue, you know, that there's no point of even bringing in an outside higher coach if Miller shows if Miller can continue this. You know, what are we at five games now? Five, five game sample five. for him. Yeah, five. Games. If he can continue what we've seen in this five game sample for the whole rest of the season, then th there's no point in even getting a new coach this off season. To be completely honest, just yeah. give him a little incremental raise. You know, like give him a. a normal head coaching salary give him a one-year deal for next year with like a team option for the second year or something like that you know and just kind of do it that way and let him just develop the kids for one year because they're not going to improve that much in free agency this year they're not going to suddenly jump to being a contender so even if miller's only a bridge coach that's gonna you know take your take your young roster and start to shape them into something better than what they were when he started but can't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have the X's nose to put your team over the hump, you know, just roll with him for one more year and let him do that developing and see how he does. And then if he does well, then pick up his team option the next year, the Knicks maybe will be able to go into 2021 free agency. With, yeah. They'll definitely be able to go in with some money to spend. They'll maybe come in with some aspirations of signing somebody, but that remains to be seen. But, you know, then 
potentially you've got a young core that's developed more over a whole nother year mm-hmm. and you know, you're in a good position. So that's, I, I don't even think it's worth looking at a new head coaching candidate this summer. If what Miller's been doing so far holds out, that's how I'm looking at it at least. Agreed. Agreed. Good, good points, man. Um, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we're we're going to get to the trade rumors and stuff like that in a second. First, I want to get to Maddie G checking in from New Mexico. Cause he wants to talk about coach Miller, Maddie G. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, CP. How are you? Cool. Is, is this is this Maddie G from from Wanto? <laughs> yes. Long Island's finest, all the way out west in the <laughs> desert. What's going on, man? How you feeling, bro? Oh, CP, this all eighty-two club been tough this year, man. It's, it's been it's been tough, man. It's, it's been tough. It's been tough, man. <laughs> And I see you too. I, I, you're, you're like you're, you're almost ready to break, but you're hanging in there. <laughs> so, hey, listen. Some nights are tough, especially on the West Coast. Some nights are tough. You're getting, you know what? You're getting a little salty. I, I, uh, yeah, I see you. Yeah, yeah. I've been losing patience early this year, man. Especially with Fizz. But you know what? Hey, listen. The 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 uh, the Sacramento game, the Golden State game. Obviously, you know those are teams more in our league, but they were still a win is a win. Um, and especially on the yeah. West Coast, when you don't get that many out there, especially for the Knicks, you know, it, it was it was okay. But this this effort tonight, obviously, we wanted to win. But this is this is what you could ask. For. This is all you could ask for, man. They they gave it their best shot. They they kept it gritty. They kept it tough, and and they fought till the till the end. They just couldn't. They just couldn't get a bucket. Yeah, yeah let me tell you something. The, the altitude, the altitude is real. Mm. Like when I, when I moved to New Mexico. I had young moms running circles around me at the gym. <laughs> I was 6K above sea level. Damn. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, this, I, I, I wanted to tell myself, no, I want to stick to no moral victories, right, moving forward. But to, we would have been down, we would have lost by 30 if Fizz is coaching that game. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. I mean, especially with it, with uh, the dif- defensive strategy he went with in the first game. Uh, Al, pack the paint and let's let leave these guys wide open from three. Uh, we we definitely would have gotten blown out from the first half. I I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, they would have uh, never. They, they, listen, Fisdale. I'm sorry, Alex. Go no, go ahead, Al. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I was just gonna say that's what we were just talking about a minute ago about Fisdale, you know, versus Miller. That Miller has these guys actually playing defense that makes sense given the opponent. You know, that Fizdale was so married to that, like, it, that strategy that won him one game against the Cavaliers, you know, that he, uh, you know, he would play it against anybody. And it, it makes no sense against a team like the Nuggets. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely progress. Yeah, and Fizz, you know, he, he like you said, CP, looked like Obama post office, right? <laughs> he was like, breaking the guy down was on broken. Him, broken. He, was, he, he couldn't even, he couldn't even keep his head in the game. Because he has all this stress of trying to keep his job and figuring it out. And he was just like paralyzed by fear, in my opinion. So to see Mike Miller come in and be so engaged, be so focused, be calling those timeouts at the right times to quiet the crowd, you know, ride the guys who, who are hot to keep us in the game. I, I see a moral victory tonight. I mean, this is, this is a tough team. Denver is a tough place to play. Yeah. And because we didn't fold, I mean, it's like you say, we, we got out-talented. 
That's they a, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn for the last five minutes of that game. It was crazy. True, true story, man. True story. You just got out talented at the end. Al, tonight, Denver 10 for 28 from three. The first game in the Garden, they were 21 for 39 from three. 58% from three in the first game. Uh, only 35% tonight. Now they came, they're coming off a of back-to-back. You know, obviously, you, you got to, you know, watch the film more extensively to see how those threes are coming, but cer- certainly a much bigger difference than uh, than the MSG game. Yeah, I thought the Knicks were, I thought the Knicks were making smart decisions in this one about who to leave open from three, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like they left Jokic more open from three they than did. most guys. And yeah. it's like, you know what? That's fine because he doesn't shoot. He's he can hit it. But, you know, as we saw late in the game, obviously, he hit the one that ultimately put them up. But he's not a mega high percentage three point shooter. You know, he's not like, uh, you know, he's not like a Gary Harris or Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there was there was some mistakes with, you know, with those covering those guys as well. Um, there was one in particular I remember where like Knox uh Knox got kind of caught up on a screen that he probably could have fought through a little harder and as a result Harris created just enough space to get off a really clean look from three you know so there was still some of those here and there but it was nothing like that first game I mean the first game was an embarrassment you know they were they were still doing the pack the paint thing but it's like you can't do that against Jokic like my god you're talking about one of the best passing big men of all time (laughs) you know maybe the best passing big man of all time you know he's he knows how to pass out of a double or triple team like my God, it's, it's easy for him. You know, he doesn't, it, it doesn't affect him in the slightest, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and then they just got murdered from the three point line in that game. And that's why they lost by like, whatever, like 42 or whatever. I don't know oh. who even knows how much they lost by in that game, but I think that one was 37, but they went down. By yeah. The I think it was 129 to 92, 37, yeah. 37. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's like a, it's, it's just like it, it they did things that made sense. You know, the, the Nuggets didn't shoot like a horrible percentage from three, but the Knicks also held them to a relatively low number of attempts in 2019. You know what I mean? Like, so it, they were making them make hard decisions about whether they wanted to shoot threes or not. And then when they did shoot them, they didn't go in at like a super, super high rate. And it was good enough to almost win the game. So I, I liked how they did it, you know, from a, a strategy perspective of, you know, like cutting their losses at certain points and, knowing who to leave open and who not to leave open, playing the percentages, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Well, let's see how they do against the Hawks on Tuesday. You know, let's see if they keep it rolling. Is it going to be a letdown game or or do they actually bring it at home against the Hawks and, and, uh, and and take it to them? So to everybody, this is only, I will say this is only their second, it's only going to be their second home game under Miller Mm -hmm. and coming home to like 500 over, over that West coast trip when everybody expected them to just get, probably swept i mean i don't think anybody even thought they were going to win the golden state game yeah you know for them to come back like that like i I think they're gonna have the home crowd behind them on tuesday like like more so than than usual like right from the tip yeah and and hopefully you know hopefully the fans kind of you know push them forward and let them not run into a letdown after this good road trip here true story true story man um salute to everybody in the chat once again on this sunday night cp from Knicks fan tv here you're hearing from my guy alex wolf filling in for jay ellis this is number one show for the fans by the fans Knicks post game live if you're a diehard Knicks fan if you're a diehard basketball fan hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything this is a show where we talk about Knicks news Knicks rumors interviews and post game live analysis featuring live callers it's time for the uh, shameless plug. This show 
is sponsored by the good people at Scotch Porter Premium Beard Products. Al, this is the products that I use. I use their uh, their beard wash, which is pretty good. The conditioner, the serum, the balm. That, that's how you keep your beard smooth, shiny, and, uh, and nice for the ladies. You know what I mean? So, for the holidays, they are offering all fans of the show 50% off their beard collection. The link is in the video description, and the module also put the links up as well. Uh, hey, listen, if you don't have a beard like my man Al, they got hair care products, they have face products, so... For you guys out there, man, it's for that self-care. You know what I mean, Al? You got to take care of yourself. And uh, Scotch Porter, man, it's all natural ingredients. I, I love their products, and, and that's what I use on a regular. Well, let me just tell you, you got one of the nicest beards I've ever seen in Hey, person. thank you, man. So, thank you, brother. You know, you got a good beard. Thanks, and man. I was literally growing one until yesterday, and then I shaved <laughs> yeah, it because it's my anniversary. Oh, and my wife, does, right. my wife likes me clean shaven. All right, all right. So, I decided to shave up, you know, but yeah. I'm going to start growing one again. So I'm going hey, to Hey, listen, man, check them I'm out. Buy some, put it on the shelf for when, check I, them out, know, when I get the beard back, you know? Scotch Porter, man. All natural yeah. ingredients. Uh, their stuff is good. It's not too, it doesn't leave you any, your beard shiny or anything like that. It, it's a real good look, man. So definitely check it out. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, throw your cities in the chat. Let us know where you guys are checking in from and uh, so we can shout you guys out. All right, Al, today is the day, December 15th. It is D-Day. It's, it's, uh, it's become like, it's become the new trade deadline. You know what I mean? The pre-trade deadline. Today's the day when all these free agent acquisitions are eligible to be traded. Now, over the past couple of weeks, obviously the biggest name from the Knicks perspective has been Marcus Morris. We we are hearing, uh, Woj and and, uh, and Zach Lowe did their did their trade uh, show on ESPN today today actually earlier this evening, and Zach Lowe is claiming that the Clippers are interested in Mook, and could be willing to trade Mo Harkless, Patrick Peterson, and a first. Where Patrick are you? Patterson, pa- Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson. <laughs> yeah. The, Where's Patrick Peterson? <laughs> yeah. Wrong, yeah, wrong sport. Wrong, wrong sport. Wrong sport. But um, where are you at on, on trading move period? And, and how do you, how would you like this potential trade? I'm conflicted. Like it, it all comes down to things are kind of different in the NBA with this. I feel like, um, I mean, we see this in baseball relatively often where yeah. if a team has nothing to play for the Yankees, for example, right. a lot of people would watch this show are probably Yankees chat, fans. Chat. I, I know that you are as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, they did that with Chapman, you know, they trade and actually the Mets did it with Jay Bruce as well. I yeah, think they did in that same year um, it, where you could trade a guy away who's on an expiring deal. And then, you know, it, kind of handshake agreement with them and say, Hey, we'd like to have you back. If you mm-hmm. want to come back in the off season, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like you don't really see that happen much in the NBA, but it, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, unprecedented. Like it, it could probably happen um, for the Knicks if they decided to do it. And there's nothing prohibiting them from re-signing more should they trade him away. Uh, so, I mean, I said the same thing about Noah Vonley last year, actually, uh, you know, yeah. when there was reports about maybe him being available via trade and, you know, should the Knicks trade him? Should they not? He was a valuable piece. You know, he looked pretty good. He looked like he was a good reclamation project. Um, and, you know, I, my thought then was, like, trade him away, but be nice to him. Give him a handshake on the way out and be like, look, man, like, this is a business. We have to make a business move because we have to get the future assets. But we would absolutely love to have you back this offseason. Thanks for doing this. But 
we can give you an opportunity for the rest of the season to play for a contender and, you know, play for a team that has something to something to play for this year rather than just sticking it out with our team. And you can pick right back up where you left off. If you come back this offseason, we'll go right back to it next season and do it all over again. Um, so that's kind of what I would do with, with Morris. And, like, the unique position that the Knicks are in in regards to this too, and this is this plays back into the baseball thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, in baseball, there's unlimited money, so you can do whatever you want as mm-hmm. long as you can afford it. In basketball, you have the salary cap to play with, but the Knicks are in the unique position where they have no long-term money committed this offseason too. Right. right. So they could come right back at Morris and hit him with another one or two-year overpay deal, like they did this year, and exactly. give him that money again. Get so, that back. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you could get if it's if it's Mo Harkless, Patrick Patterson, and a first-round pick, I mean, Harkless is a somewhat useful player by himself. Right. Patterson is filler, whatever. That's fine. He's just there for the salary. But the first-round pick, I mean, that's valuable. Uh, for it, No matter who ends up in the front office, like if there's one thing that this front office has proven to be pretty decent at, it's drafting. So you get yourself – and especially in the, the late stages of the draft rather mm-hmm. than – you could argue whether the lottery picks have been home runs or not. Um, but the, you know, certainly in the later stages in the of the late, draft, yeah. they're good, you know? So if yeah. you get a late first round pick out of Marcus Morris, then take it and run. And, you know, again, you're the Knicks are in a unique position where they have no long-term money committed and they can right. just come right back to Morris and say, look, we'll, we'll pay you again. You know, yeah. We'll give you it's, a ton of money. 20, it's 25. You know, yeah. Like you said, it doesn't hurt him. That yeah. doesn't hurt him in the short term. Mm-hmm. I listen, I I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with a lot of people. I like what he's brought to this team. I like the leadership that he's brought. I like the toughness that he's brought. Obviously, he's been one of our clutch players. Having a career season, points, rebounds, three-point shooting, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. No doubt about it. I love how he's uh I love how he's he's really even though, you know, we used to call him a bootleg mellow Dollar Tree Mellow, I really didn't know how much Mellow had an impact on him. You know, when he really when they played Portland and he really talked about, really was complimentary about Melo and how much Melo's had an impact on his career. And also his last quote was basically um, quoting Melo and saying, you know, Melo said, a lot of guys can't play here. I want to show I can play here. I want to show that I could be a leader for this team. And that really resonated with me. But, you know, the sentimental stuff, it, it means nothing until the contract is signed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think I'm with you. I go to him and I say, listen, you know, for the second half of the season, go play for something real. If it's the Clippers, you got a legit shot of winning a championship. That's not happening right now. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's not happening here. So if that's the case, you know, we want to upgrade the talent on this team. You have to trade him. You have to trade him if you can get into the first round. Number one, mm-hmm. we need talent. We need more talent on this team. This team is desperate for more shooting. They're desperate for more uh, rim protection. And obviously, maybe it comes in the lottery, but I think, yeah, we could still use an upgrade at the point guard. So you got to try to trade him. I'm, tra- I'm trading him. If I can get a first-round pick, I'm absolutely trading him with the intention of, of bringing him back in the, in the next season. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I'm actually even looking to see the Clippers here. See what uh, what picks they have. Available. They have next. They have this coming um, draft. They can trade this one, and according to Macri. Yeah, according yeah. to Macri, they can trade this pick this year. They have this year's pick that they can trade. They can. They could trade their own pick. I was looking to see if they had someone else's or something, yeah. but they only have their own pick. But that's fine. I mean, that's great. Um, you know, just take their own pick and and run with it. I think. Um, you know, and like I think there's there's a real case to be made that 
you know, like you just said, get talent, you know, you need talent. And the, the, the last couple of years, I think, have shown that there's if you have the right evaluators and the right guys slip and stuff like that, you can get real talent in the, the late first round. I mean, I was a huge, huge, huge Brandon Clark guy uh coming into the draft this past year and he's been awesome so far and he got taken with what the 22nd pick or something yeah, like that he, he was later in the um, first yep he fell and you know it, same with uh Thibuel. you know he, mm-hmm. he also fell and it's like dude these these type of guys fall man and and they're the types that aren't necessarily going to turn into superstars but they're the guys that you could maybe even argue that frank is kind of looking like he's developing into now which is defense first you know make team plays you know they're going to look around the the floor and, and try to hit guys and, and not, um, you know, they're not necessarily going to be superstars, but they will be really quality role players that you can find in that general, you know, 20 to 25 to 30, whatever range, you know, there's yeah. always guys like that. If you have the right talent evaluators, there was even, I mean, Mitchell Robinson almost went in that round ra- in that range too, because the Lakers almost gave him uh, a guarantee a couple of years ago, which mm-hmm. God imagine, if they had <laughs> with the team that they have now, Facts. if they have Mitchell Robinson and Anthony Davis. You oh know I mean? man, so, you got, you got uh, Mitch running around with LeBron. Forget about it, man. Forget yeah, it. Uh, he'd be catching lobs like from the other side of the court mm-hmm. practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's important. And you know, it's, it's like you said, you know, you got to put the sentimental stuff aside, you know, you can't, it, it, it's cool. Like I want to be attached to Marcus Morris. And, and I, I would say that I am at this point, you know, I, I think he's a really good dude. Um, I think he's saying all the right things. He's, it seems like a really good leader yeah. for the kids, yeah. you know, like it seems like he's putting forth a really good example for them. Um, I've actually had the privilege of being in the locker room, you know, um, for sports illustrated now a little bit. And, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the guys that carries some gravity. He's the guy that almost after every single game speaks to the media, regardless of nope. the play or the outcome or anything, he's willing to take all the bullets for all the young kids, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's a great guy to have around, no doubt. And I maybe, I don't know if I'll trade him like today, like on day one of right. you know the trading period. Right. But when it comes time for the deadline, I think it's time to to send him out. But send him out like with a firm handshake and like a look, man. Let's talk again in the summer. That's what I say. And as you back. said, we can go to the depths that no other other teams may not go. You know, mm-hmm. on a shorter term deal. Oh, the Knicks, the Knicks next year, screw it, man. Just be like, uh, Mook, we'll give you $20 million for one year. Like, yeah. just come back again. Just come back for a second year with us. Because then, so, uh, all right, not to get too caponomics here, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, if you offer a guy a huge overpay like that, then you get what's called early bird rights with him. And so, you know, Marcus Morris, if you offer him $20 million next year, he's never getting $20 million again in his life. You know what I mean? Like, not for a single season. He's just not that guy. And, you know, so you can offer him that, but then with the early bird rights, then you get like a, a, the ability to re-sign him. And you can also trade him places where teams can re-sign him in the off season to a hundred, 105%, I think of his, of his salary for that one year. Mm. So, you know, that even if he ends up getting traded again, you know, he's going to be an attractive trade piece a second time in a row, or, you know, the Knicks will get some sort of rights to re-signing him even if they only sign him to a one-year overpay. So it's just kind of the the good thing with the system, yeah. you know, how everything works out for them. But, 
Yeah, I would definitely, I, I would definitely try to bring him back and, you know, leverage your unique situation for a second year in a row and, and try to just overpay him again and bring him back in the offseason. Absolutely, man. What, what do you guys think in the chat, man? Give us a call. What do you guys think about these uh, trade rumors? 657-383-1509. Let us know what you think. Uh, Al, on another uh, trade front, the the Ujiri talks. Obviously, it's never-ending, you know, with the yeah. Fizdale ouster. With Mills hopefully on his way next, it's been rumored, obviously, that that Dolan is after Ujiri Hardbody. We know, obviously, he's on the contract with Toronto. We first heard that it's going to cost one pick, and now Begley's coming out with... Well, it's not from a source, but basically, Begley's article basically said that, um, you know, in another scenario where a team tried to trade for a GM, the asking price was two firsts. Right, so the so the the assumption is that a new jury is going to command the same. Um, what, what do you think about that? About trading trading for Ujiri? That's that's I don't know. What do you think? Here's my, I guess my overall thought on it at this point. And I know that we just literally two seconds ago talked about you need talent, you need late first round picks, you need <laughs> this, you need that. But like, if you could get Ujiri, who's the clear. I mean, he's a winning team builder. He's a championship builder now. You know, he's there was always kind of the talk with Ujiri before last year about like, oh, he builds good rosters, but can he build a championship team? And, you know, last year he did. And he made all the right calls to do that. And, you know, now he's got Toronto set up with, even after they lost Kawhi Leonard, they're set up with a new, you know, superstar in Siakam. Speaking of guys you can get with late first round picks that kind of blossom into something. Um, but, you know, it's, I think that he's the type of guy, the rare, rare executive where I would say, yeah, you know what? If it costs two first round picks, I think I'm all right with that. Cause I have faith that he'll get those back at some point <laughs> sooner rather than later, you know, and fleece somebody would, else for exactly the way that I would do it is I would just, I would offer up the two Dallas picks. I think is the way to go. Um, because I think that those are going to be late first rounders uh, yeah. with the Knicks picks. It's really risky. You can't really offer up your own picks no. right now for yeah. the Knicks. Cause they're so bad. You know, it's like, the Knicks could be bad for another three years, even with Ujiri. You never know, you know, and, and if they are, then their picks are going to continue being really, really valuable. So unless you could put like, you know, eternal top 10 protections on them or something or lottery protections, yeah. then, you know, you can't do that it, it just because it's way too big of a risk. But those Dallas picks, ultimately, I don't think are going to end up being as valuable as we maybe had hoped they mm-hmm. would become. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the 2021 one, you know, you get, Luka Doncic out there for another two years or well this year and next year he's only going to get better presumably Porzingis whatever happens with him it seems like it doesn't matter how good or bad Porzingis is because Doncic is going to be good enough to make this team at least close to a playoff team you know for years and years to come so that 2021 pick will be a little less valuable the 2023 one is I believe top 20 protected or just lottery protected Either way, it's it's pretty highly protected, and if it doesn't convey after one year, it turns into two second round picks. Facts. Um, Facts. So you know, it's like a sneaky first round pick. That one's like a first round pick, right? You know what I mean? So I would trade those two, and if if they're willing to do that for Ujiri, then cool, do it. You know, I, I think that's I, it. Would kind of sting, yeah, because now you're essentially turning your Porzingis return into okay, you traded Porzingis for Dennis <laughs> Smith, who kind of looks <laughs> shitty. And Masai Ujiri, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's it. So you traded Porzingis for an executive. For an executive, you know, it, man. Oh. But it, it, when it's that executive, 
I'm cool with it because nobody commands more respect than him around the NBA. I don't think at this point. And I think he really has the respect of players and agents and everything. So I, and he, he seems like a great talent evaluator. on Yeah. I I would have to, I I think the Dallas picks, I would lean more towards none of our picks. I wouldn't give up any of our picks. Um, not at all. No chance. I just feel like there are other options out there. Obviously he's the, he's the creme de la creme. Hey, and and we should know that as he's fleeced us many times um, and built that Toronto team, took the, as you said, gambled on 100%, trading their, their heart and soul to get Ka- Kawhi Leonard and getting that chip, trading a coach of the year <laughs> the, the previous season, and and everything just hit right for them. It's it's just such a, it's just such a Nick thing to do, but it's like, damn, this, mm-hmm. is, this is the guy right now. You could argue that it's a Nick thing to do, or you could argue it's an un-Nick thing to do. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it's it, it's one way or the other, and the only way that's going to determine what it ends up being is how the outcome turns out. You know, if, if the Knicks end up turning into something because of this, then it's the most genius move in franchise history. If, uh, if you know, Masai comes and nothing... Gets fleeced? Knicks, <laughs> yeah, if he gets fleeced, or if nothing becomes to the Knicks, you know, over his tenure, then it's oh, like, man. well, you just wasted two more first-round picks for nothing, you know, yeah. and it's just a typical Knicks move. So it's it's like a... It's like... It's a win-lose, you know, it's True. like a coin flip, you know, you never know, but I, I think it would be the right move. I think, I don't think you could look at that and be like, well, that was a bad choice because yeah. the Knicks have craved and particularly Dolan has craved that kind of, you know, presence at the top for so long. And he's got such a man crush on Masai that, you know, that whatever Masai would ask for, give it to him. Give him, give, yeah, it to give him. him full autonomy, full hiring power, full firing power. Everything. Give you know, he would give Messiah everything. He'd give him $50 million a year to his his foundation. You know, yeah. whatever the hell Messiah wanted, he would get. So Facts, facts. That's, that's, I, think, it, uh, I think it's the way to be. It's like Van Gundy said, man. Van Gundy was on an interview with Coach K earlier this week, and he was kind of talking about his tenure there and what's going on now. And his his whole thing was, you know, things haven't been right since Dave Checkets, man. And that was 20 years ago. And from Checkets... It was, uh, I believe, Ernie Grunfeld was under that regime. Then, he, then which who did a pretty decent job. But then you had Layden. Then you had Isaiah Mills. You know, to fill the. It's just been a disaster, man. And we just have not had that solid structure, foundation from the top of people that you trust to make the right decision. Dolan trusts them, but they they just haven't been coming through for us, man. Have not mm-hmm. been coming through for us, so. I'd be open for it just for the sake of, like you said, that this is the guy, but definitely not our own picks. Um, who, or, or if you're going to do your own heavily protect, do them, protect them in the way that Dallas protected yeah. the 2023 one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it so you you have to be good for it to convey as a first round pick. Who, who you think is the most likely player to be traded if there is a trade to me? Because that's that's another thing. I don't I don't think it's as guaranteed as we think that any one of these guys are getting traded. We're we're coming from a position of desperation. That's never a good you, thing. Yeah. You mean like which Nick you think is most likely to yeah. be traded? Yeah. Um, I bet you – so there's a few trades I could see happening. Mm-hmm. I do think they're going to end up trading Morris. Mm-hmm. I just think that anytime I feel like you can get a first-round pick in season for a player in the NBA, you do it yeah. because it's so rare anymore. So I think they'll do that, uh, be with the Clippers or some other team. Some contender will want him. I mean, he's balling. Got to. Got by, to. Any, by any stretch, he's yeah. balling this yeah. year. Um, I think there's a decent chance Trier might get traded. I think that's my pick. I think I um, still. 
I think I'd probably feel like a second round pick, which yeah. is still I think puts the Knicks in the positive in that transaction. Mm-hmm. I, I think I mean I like Trier well enough uh for what he does, but he kinda only does what he does. Um he's a he's a good ISO scorer and you know, he can get you a couple quick buckets. I had really high hopes for him this year, maybe coming in as a uh uh, catch and shoot type guy learning under guys like Ellington and Bullock and all that. Um, and that just hasn't really happened yet. So I, I think that he's going to go because it seems if you read between the lines, it seems like there's some unrest with him yeah. um, with the team and with maybe with management, with coaching and he's, he's catching DNPs again and stuff like that. So um, he might go, uh, I guess I'm trying to think who else maybe I could see moving Maybe Ellington, like if yeah, you could find a team that wants him for a second round pick or something, he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Or no, he's been hurt. I'm sorry, he's been hurt. Yeah, he's had the even so, yeah, even so, he's been up and down in the rotation, you know, with the team this year. So I could see him potentially, um, you know, getting moved and, and just to a team that wants a little auxiliary shooting. And he'd be a good value for any team that wants that because yeah. they have a second-year option as well. So if you trade him to a team that's capped out, they can keep him for a second year uh, only for paying the luxury tax or whatever on him. So mm. teams might be interested in that. Um, maybe even Gibson, if I'm being honest. But Tosh, I feel like yeah. Gibson, they're going to keep around. We got to keep kinda, I think he's turned into a heart and soul type guy. Yeah, got to keep I really Tosh. think he's going to go. Uh, only other guy, maybe. I, I don't think any of the – any of the uh, core young guys are going to go no, for sure. Yeah. Um, I can maybe, maybe see them moving Peyton, but Peyton's proving to be really crucial to this yeah. team as a whole right yeah. now. So yeah. Peyton would have to elevate his value to a Morris level of being able to fetch a first round pick or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he'll ever hit that. I don't think so. Um, I so don't think probably he get much from Portis either. Yeah, so they'll probably hold on him. The only other guy, maybe Portis, if some team is just really desperate for some scoring off the bench or something. Yeah. Maybe, but uh, Portis is so streaky that I feel like any good team with anything to play for wouldn't necessarily be willing to give up <laughs> yeah. anything for him. I'm not giving you, know? you anything for that guy. I, I, you could almost just turn him into a spot-up three-point shooter at this point. Like, yeah. he's he flashes that sometimes mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm. think, like, if you could just set him up where he could sit in the corner and just yeah. shoot threes. Be Don't like do a, anything gl- else. <laughs> be like a glorified Steve Novak, you know, Facts. with a little bit of a post game. Like, <laughs> Yeah, don't put the ball on the floor and just shoot. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I mean, he could he could maybe fill that role well enough, um, it, but I can't see anybody trading anything of substance nah. for him, especially when he makes fifteen million and you got to find matching salaries, and it, it would just be too much work too for much. someone that probably isn't worth it, you know. Too too much, man. But I I agree with you in that order. I think it's Morris. I think it's ISO and, and potentially Ellington. I think those are the the most realistic moves. Maybe Dotson. Maybe Dotson gets moved. I feel like they're gonna hold on to Dotson because I actually so? think that Miller really likes him. Mm. Based off, I mean, tonight was different. Tonight yeah. he only played seven minutes, um, but I think that was just situational. I, I think in general, Miller really likes it. Yeah, I like that. I, I would love to keep him. I, I would love I to would keep too. him. Um, I just think with ISO, as you said, it looks like obviously he's falling out of favor with the rotation. Uh, obviously, well, not obvious, but it's likely that we get more help in the backcourt in this draft. So once again, that's another player to add to, to this mix. I, I think ISO gets slid out. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Um, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's shout out. Um, what I want to shout out here. I want to shout out Jay the Humble Keys. He's checking in from Toronto, Toronto, Canada. So salute to Jay. Uh, who else I want to shout out here? Now it's just going a little crazy. Hang tight. 
Okay, we got Jay, we got Tommy Gibbs checking in, Tucson, Arizona, what's going on, Tommy, how you feeling? We got Ryan Barone checking in from Naples, Naples, Florida, so salute to you guys. Um, okay, I don't know what happened here, my mouse, what the hell is going on, hang on one second now. Okay, here we go, back working. Salute to um, Big Surge in the building, King Kong Kurt, what's going on? Gotham in the building. He says he wants Anthony Edwards. We got Bad Book One in here checking in from Des Moines, Iowa. A corn husker. That's that's Iowa, right? Corn husker. Salute that's to Nebraska. 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 Man. What do Iowa do? Hawkeyes. Yeah, he's a Hawkeye in the building. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, salute Ed Santana. Always in here. Victor Barahona. He's in Portland. He was at the Portland game actually. So so. Uh, Salute to Victor. All right, um, last call of the night is going to go to my man Los Maine, checking in from North Carolina. Los Maine, how you feeling, bro? Hello? Fell asleep. Oh, man, Los, Los Maine <laughs> fell asleep on us, man. <laughs> is that how we close this show? <laughs> you hear me? Yeah, 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 loud and clear. Go ahead, bro, go ahead. I, th- I, I thought we lost you, man. I thought you, we lost you, man. Yo, yeah, what's up, man? Hey, nah, 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 you ain't, nah, you ain't lose me. <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling tonight, man? What you think about the game? Yo, CP. Yep. Yo, CP. Yep. Yo, you the hood Stephen A. Smith, yo. <laughs> you the hood Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yo, CP. Yeah, what's up, man? Yo, I ain't even a Knicks fan. I just, I just like your show, man. I, I be tuning in. I know you see me all the time, yo. Yeah. I, I ain't even watched the game tonight, but I tuned into the show. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who's, who's your team, bro? Because you call in all the time. You're always in the chat. Who's your team? Man, you know I'm from NC, man. You you, you know I like, I, sadly, it's the Hornets. Sadly, sadly. <laughs> it could be worse, man. It, it could, could be worse. worse. It could be worse, man. Well, yo, pre- appreciate the I support, mean, man. Yo, CP. <laughs> yo, yo, man. I said my man sound like a broken record, man. I gotta let you go tonight, man. Now nah, that's love, man. I appreciate it, Los, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Al. He calls here all the time. You know, he's in the chat all the time. I had no idea. I thought he was a Knicks fan. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I guess he's just he just enjoys Knicks yeah. fan TV, man. I don't blame him. This hey, is a fun show. I don't you know, blame I him, just man. watch. <laughs> I don't blame him, man. We're for the people, man. We're for yeah. the fans by the fans, man. We you welcome everybody, man. You, you get analysis. You get a place to comment. You That's get it. Freaking comedy sometimes, you know, sometimes unintentional, you know. In That's my it. Case, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I guess Miles My- Bridges and company aren't cutting it for man. <laughs> I, I guess he'd rather have Kevin Knox. Apparently, that, I don't know. that's a lot it, of Knicks man. fans would probably say the opposite. But facts, yeah. <laughs> facts was facts was man. Well, anyway, man, appreciate you coming back on the show. The return of Alex Wolf, man. I'm gonna throw the screen over to you and uh, go ahead and sign out, bro. All right. Well, first off, happy to be back. I love doing the Sunday episodes, man. I've missed them. They've been awesome. Uh, yeah, so you can find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Alex Wolf. 
Uh, I am with Posting and Toasting, SB Nation's Knicks blog. Uh, that's postingandtoasting.com or at PT Knicks blog on Twitter, where you can find me clipping highlights and stuff during the game, fastest Twitter fingers in the game. Uh, and then also on Locked on Knicks, which I'm probably going to hang up from here and go record. Uh, you can find us generally every day, uh, daily New York Knicks podcast. That's uh, Locked on Knicks. It's on all the places you can stream your podcast and at Locked on Knicks on Twitter. And that is it. Is, did I did I get it all? Hey, you got it all, oh, man. You can also check out Nick's SI, right? I almost oh, forgot. Oh, yeah, one yeah, more thing. yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it, man. I will be... I'll be in the building for Knicks SI, uh, Sports Illustrated's new Knicks vertical uh, on December 23rd. So that's my Christmas gift is I get to go cover the Knicks uh, two days before Christmas. But also uh, there's great staff there, including Jonathan Macri and Knicks Film School. So we're putting out content over on Knicks SI as well. Check them out uh, at Knicks SI on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, or SI.com slash NBA slash Knicks. There we go. All right. I hit all my boxes. All right. There we go, man. (laughs) Al's got more jobs than in Jamaica, man. He's the hardest (laughs) hardest working man in the business, man. Salute to Alex Wolf once again. Salute to everybody for watching. It was a tough game, tough loss, but uh, it was a valiant effort by those Knicks. Knicks lose in Denver 111 to 105. Remember that these shows are available in audio podcast format, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, all in the video description below. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you get your Scotch Porter premium beer products for the holidays, 50% off for all fans of the show. Um, Please share these videos. Text the Knicks fan. If if there's a Knicks fan out there that's not here, send them a text with this video link. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Let them know this is the number one show for the fans, by the fans. And uh, the more the merrier, man. You're all welcome. Even even Lopes Mean, even the Charlotte fans are welcome in here, man. We don't turn anybody away, man. So, uh, once again, we'll see you guys Tuesday night. Knicks versus Hawks. Sean Brown, appreciate it. Big Surge in here, appreciate it. Ayo Emma says she's a fan of posting and toasting. Appreciate it. NYK Gunner, thanks a lot. All of the mods, thank you for your help as usual. Um, oh, real quick, we had some super chats come in. I want to shout out BX2 Gross. He says Mike Miller has these boys competing. Let them rock. Uh, Frank White sends us a super chat as well. And Leon Johnson says uh, trade DSA for a first round YMCA pick. So <laughs> there it is, man. Salute to you guys. But let us know what you guys think about the recent trade rumors and who would you want to see traded. Leave a comment in the video description. See you guys Tuesday. We out of here. Peace.